Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Going to go through our rapid review for round 24. Uh, obviously a round that we went in there with uh, some pretty some pretty heavy going markets. Uh, obviously some pretty te- some teams that are out pretty far and whatnot. So we sort of did get a lot of the results that we expected. Uh, obviously a lot of those games were a little bit closer than what we thought. Some did blow out to be fair, but a lot of them were a lot closer than what we probably anticipated. Uh, so we'll go through those guys. A lot of these teams, we're sort of finding ourselves saying the same thing week after week. So I probably won't spend a stack of time uh, on certain teams, uh, but we'll go through each and every game here. It's just the reality of sort of this period between origin and finals, realistically. Uh, We sort of spoke about it on Bloke in a Bar last week. Uh, It sort of just goes too long. It is just, I think the season right now is just two to three weeks too long. I understand it, obviously, from broadcasting deals and whatnot, but um, yeah, fuck it, it'd be good if finals were starting now instead of in three weeks' time. It's a long time to wait. Uh, but we'll get stuck into these games now. The Penrith Panthers, 24 over the Manly Seagulls, 12. Um, look, Manly, as I said, I, I did actually give a full review, a live reaction review of this game. So if you'd like to go and have a listen to that, I dropped it on Friday morning. It'll probably be three or four podcasts ago. Go and have a listen to that one. Uh, but yeah, look, Manly, they came in here with a game plan to sort of rattle the cages, do something a little bit different. Thought they did it well. They passed, the, they threw the ball around a lot. They kicked early. Um, in certain cases, I think it worked their advantage in other cases it didn't uh but i'm not convinced that we saw a blueprint to beat the penrith panthers in this game you need to keep in mind though without their 58 though without spencer Lenu, uh they were also without isaac tungo which meant they had to move their right center to left center a back rower to right center they were without peachy obviously who normally comes in and does job so uh and i, I thought there was a number of times where jack cogger just a little bit of inexperience and just going away from the game plan Sort of let the Seagulls back into this one. So, I don't know. I've had people message me this week and say, oh, we found a way to beat the Panthers. 
Personally, I don't think you have, and I think you also need to accept this Panther size. Based on what we've what, what we've learned about them over the last few years, they are treading water right now. But when that calendar hits September, the Panthers will go, okay, let's play some footy. So I'm not buying into that at all. I still think this Panther Panthers team, they are the team to beat, and I think they're going to be very, very hard to beat. I thought Brian Toto, he was sensational. Stephen Crichton was great. Isaiah Yo, he just gets through this work every single week. He is an absolute maniac. Uh, and just a good all-round performance by the Penny Panthers. For the Seagulls, I thought Chez and Garrick were really good um, in a side that was beaten, in a side that was trying things. Came up with, with, with a lot of good plays. Uh, Ola Kawatu did his job. Uh, I, I thought Josh Schuster had a very mixed bag, and I think that um, there was a couple of efforts throughout the game that were very, very questionable. Did some, you know, uh, amazing things at points. He obviously took the intercept, which was fantastic. And then on zero tackle, coming up against the defending premiers, um, he kicks the ball from 30 metres out. And you know what? If he kicked it to the right sideline, where you've got Jason Saab and Kohler out there, you know what? I still don't think it's the right play, but it could have worked out. What he did there was just... I, I just think that was Josh Schuster thinking about Josh Schuster, to be honest with you. Um, so I was very, very disappointed with that play, and I'm sure the Manly Seagulls would have been absolutely pulling their hair out on that one. Uh, but, yeah, look, the Penny Panthers, 24-12 over the Manly Seagulls at Brookvale. I expected a bigger scoreline, uh, but I did think that some of the guys that the Panthers brought into this side, I thought they potentially held them back a little bit from playing their absolute best footy uh, between Cogger, Summerton, uh, a fantastic debut. Congratulations to him, but did have a couple of moments defensively uh, where he really did struggle in that game. Uh, let's move to the second game, the Cronulla Sharks, 36 over the Titans, 6. Um, not, you know, I mean... The Gold Coast Titans, they've been so valiant the last few weeks. Going down there to Shark Park, they just weren't able to hang with the Cronulla Sharks, who, I don't know, are they back? I just, uh, I, I want to say yes, but I ju- I, I'm just not convinced completely. I'm, I still I still probably won't believe the Cronulla Sharks are back until I see how they go come finals time, to be perfectly honest with you guys. Uh, I'm not sure who they play over the next few weeks, the Sharkies. I'd love to see them get a challenge this week. Play the Newcastle Knights in round 26, round 25. They play the Cowboys up there. Okay, so I think we will get a pretty good indication of where the Sharkies are at over the next two weeks, but uh, they can only play who they put up against. They play the Gold Coast Titans. They gave it to them. I thought Mulatalo was really good. Uh, good to see him back in try-scoring form. I know a lot of you super coach owners out there would have been absolutely stoked. Jesse Raven got through a stack of work. Cam McInnes was sensational. I thought Trindle had, had a pretty good game. Um, you know, did, did his job. Wade Graham, uh, he announced his retirement the other day. What a legend of our game. Uh, came out and scored a try on this one, which is good to see from Wade. I thought Blake Braley was really good as well. Toby Rudolph crashed over for a meaty. You don't see too many of those from the big fella, so great to see. Uh, but yeah, look, the Sharkies, just too good for this side, uh, cut them to pieces, and I thought the only, you know, out of you know, very few shining lights for the Titans, obviously Tino returning, got through a heap of work, scored a really good individual try, had a good game. I thought Phil Sami was solid as well for the Gold Coast Titans, and Dave Fafita was unlucky not to score a try at one point. Another big game from him. Shout out to my boy, Jermaine Jolliffe. I've been saying all week that I absolutely love this guy. He gets through a heap of work. Just going to get up his stats because uh, he had a pretty good game, Jermaine Jolliffe. I felt like he was everywhere. Obviously, I, I was hawking Tino, watching him very, very closely. But I thought that Jermaine Jolliffe got through a stack of work as well. So 52 minutes, 14 runs, 127 hit-ups, 45 post-contact, 30 tackles, zero miss. So shout out to Jermaine Jolliffe. Did some really good work. The 
missed tackle uh, stats are pretty alarming for the Gold Coast Titans, um, especially when you get into their forward pack. Pretty much outside Jermaine Joliffe, uh, no one missed less than three tackles. So very alarming. Uh, for Fida, Tino, five missed tackles. Chrissy Randall, five missed tackles. Granted, Chris Randall made 44. Uh, but yeah, a lot of missed tackles there uh, for the Gold Coast Titans. I would imagine the Sharkies would be a little bit different here. Where's their missed tackle count? Uh, Sharkies... To be fair, still a lot of missed tackles for the Sharkies. Probably not as bad, but uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, so that, that's the only thing I'm sort of worried about with the Sharkies. Are they actually back if they're still missing that many tackles when they come up against good teams? Are they still going to be put to the sword or not? We will have to wait and see. Um, all right, let's move to the late game Friday night. What about the assistant coach, Dan and Kemp, in the box? Jesus Christ. The Brisbane Broncos, 54-10. to 10. What a victory with Parramatta scoring two tries in the last 15 minutes or so. Uh, this game was ugly for Parramatta. Very, uh, very, very grim. Now, the Brisbane Broncos obviously getting Adam Reynolds back. He scored the first try of the game. He was everywhere throughout the contest. I thought he was fantastic. Um... Brisbane, they're uh, fuck, they're entertaining to watch. I don't know if they can beat Penrith, but I think they're the team that can really give them a run for their money. Dean Mariner, he's going to get an opportunity next year. I think he's going to take it with both both hands and be very very impressive. Reese Walsh, fantastic as well. Uh, a number of big plays there, did some very impressive things. I thought Ezra Mann was really good as well. Um, Payne Haas, I mean. You know what? The game on the weekend wasn't even like a tremendous outstanding game, but that's like his average game. And if you take out the context of what he's done in the past, we'd be sitting here going, oh my God, Payne Haas, it's just, it's unbelievable what he manages to do. So it'll be interesting to see if the Brisbane Broncos are able to hold on to him. I thought it was probably Kirk Cable's best game in a while. Uh, did a number of very, very good things. He was impressive. Uh, and yeah, look, the Brisbane Broncos, they have got the high octane attack to be able to defeat the Penrith Panthers. They've got the defense to be able to keep with them. For me, as I said three weeks ago, it just comes down to whether they're able to do it on the bright lights, on the big stages, which is my big, big question mark with this side. So, yeah, look, a big win here. Absolutely gave it to Parramatta. It was fantastic. Uh, but I just, I, it's hard. It's hard in this competition because there's Penrith, there's a gap, then there's Brisbane, then there's a gap, and then there's just about every other team in the top eight, and then there's a gap to the bottom teams. And unfortunately for me, the Parramatta Eels are probably sitting in, you know, three gaps below the Broncos at the moment. Um, so it's a bit hard. You know, y- yes, it was a big victory, impressive but that, that, that's what top two teams are, are meant to do to these sides at this point of the year. So I'm, I'm just very keen to see Brisbane hold this form. We obviously don't want to see them drop off like they did last year. Hold this form. And then I really want to see them fire come finals time. Hopefully they are all fit and they can give it a red-hot crack. Uh, for the Parramatta Eels, I thought Dill Brown was very good in this game. He, he just adds so much to this side, so much. Obviously scored a try and whatnot, but he just adds so much to this footy side. Outside of that, uh, yeah, look, pretty tough night for Parramatta. I mentioned earlier today on our Halfbacks podcast, uh, they've obviously lost Mitch Moses for the season now. So for me, uh, that is red sharpie through the Parramatta Eels sort of stuff. The only thing that works in their favour is that they do have a bite to come. So you can't completely rule them out of finals contention. Uh, but I, I think this is Parramatta's season done and dusted. I don't think I'm breaking new ground there by any means. Um, let's move to Super Saturday where the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, geez, South Sydney, they won this game, but fuck. Far from impressive. It's pretty ranked, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I, I think, first of all, we've got to talk about that try that was 
such a blatant offside. It was not even funny. I, I feel very sorry for the Dragons. You Dragons fans out there, you've had some very, very harsh calls go against you. And it hasn't even been the on-field referee, which I can understand. It's been the video referee. And, you know, the video referee is now... I think there's been two crucial games. The one against the Manly Seagulls where they said Dan Russell was over the line, had the ball down, turned it over. Manly went up and scored the other end, managed to win that one by 1-12 to from memory. And then this game as well, when I thought it was pretty evident when Cody Walker scored, there was a lot of players offside in front of Lockie Ilias and the video referee just, I don't know, just ignored it. I feel very, very sorry for you Dragons fans. You've had a very, very tough season. And just moments like that where you could have beaten the Manly Seagulls, you could have beaten the South Sydney Rabbitohs when you, you played well enough to compete with those sides. Um, yeah, I, I just feel very sorry for you, Dragons fans. Uh, for the South Sydney Rabbitohs, AJ obviously scored another try. Really classy try too. Him and Tass doing some good things down there. Campbell Graham crossed as well for another strong game. I thought Keon Kulamantungi was pretty good through the middle. Um he, yeah, they just they're just lacking so many middles. This is what I spoke about last week. I know South Sydney still won, but when they're l- lacking those guys through the middles, they just really really struggle. I thought Shaq Mitchell he came in and did a very good job. I think every time Shaq's come in and done a good job. Uh, I think a lot of people that sort of wanted to give him shit at the start of the year saying he's only in the team because he's Latrell's brother, uh, respectfully. You've got eagle over your fucking face, and you've got to wear that. He's a handy footballer, Shaq Mitchell, uh, and he's got plenty to offer. But, yeah, look, outside of that from South Sydney, a win, they'll take it. Um, you know, obviously, Cody Walker, Latrell Mitchell, their individual brilliance managed to get them home in this one. But, uh, yeah, far from impressive. I really don't know where South Sydney's at this year. They've got a very limited amount of time to sort it out. I heard Latrell Mitchell talk after the game and sort of say they entertained the crowd, which was all good and well. Uh, and he said they completed well. And I just thought, did you? I, I, that's not what I saw from South Sydney. That's it's not what I saw. And I think, respectfully, South Sydney were very lucky, one, to be playing the Dragons, two, to have that video referee decision go their way because that, that, that goes from six points down that end to a penalty and St. George kick for touch, and then they're attacking 30 metres out. That, that you know, that, flip, that flips that game completely on its head. So South Sydney having to get away with the two points, but, it, uh, yeah, I think two points in this situation band-aids a lot of problems. Hopefully they get some middles back next week. They, they get a little lucky break. They get to take on Newcastle next week without Jackson Hastings in the first week without Jacko. Uh, so a little lucky break to fall the way of the Rabbitohs there. That's an absolute must-win game for them, must-win game. Uh, for the Dragons... Yeah, tough night at the office. Uh, very, very tough night at the office for the Dragons. Um, uh, Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. As I said, I just feel sorry for Dragons fans. Uh, had a lot of shit go against you in this game, and I think you deserved better uh, than what you got. Um, I thought Moses Sully had, had a pretty good game. Uh, he, he was everywhere. He, he, he was causing a lot of issues for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Ravalawa scored again. Billy Burns, I, I'm liking I'm liking what I'm seeing out of Billy Burns and Dan Russell. I just I know neither of them is going to be a superstar or anything like that, but I think there is just a little something there. Tyrell Sloan had his moments. Uh, Benny Hunt scored a nice little try as well off a kick. Uh, but yeah, Dragons uh, just just tough because they they it's hard it's hard when you see a team playing brave and playing strong and the opposition doesn't play overly well. They play well below their standards, then they get referee calls go their way. Um, yeah, 
tough little pill to swallow there for the St. George of the White Dragons. I think it sort of just has been the way that this season has gone. And look, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel, obviously, with Coach Shane Flanagan arriving for next season and whatnot. Um, they've got to sort out what's going on with Ben Hunt. Sounds like Bud Sullivan's about to leave as well, or has left. Not sure if that's official or not. Uh, but yeah, hopefully Shane Flanagan can start to turn this franchise around. Alright, let's move to the New Zealand Warriors 30 over the West Tigers 22. A game in New Zealand that was a home game to the Tigers. Once again, I really want to emphasize shout out to the West Tigers uh, for taking a game over there. The the Warriors fans definitely deserve it. They've been through a lot over the last two years and uh, full credit to the West Tigers. I just want to really show my appreciation uh, for what that club has done there. They cop a lot of shit uh, for things they do and things they don't do, but I think this is this was a really, really good move. And all things considered, I'm sure at the start of the season, the idea of going to New Zealand for a game wouldn't have been ideal, but it wouldn't have been scary. Now, this year, it genuinely is scary. And I thought the West Tigers went over there and put up a really, really good fight. An eight-point loss when the Warriors scored pretty late. Um, so, yeah, shout-out to the West Tigers and that franchise. As I said, they cop a lot of shit for things they do wrong, uh, but they, they, they really did get this one right, and it was the right thing to do. So, shout-out to the Tigs. Um, in this game, though. Uh, oh look, SJ, he directed this side around late on tries late to win this game. Tohu Harris was everywhere, scored a try once again, as did Adam Fanua Blake. Uh, so both of those two were tremendous through the middle, as they have been for the last month or so. Um, Mitch Barnett, he, uh, he had a couple of errors early in the game that were really letting the Tigers back into it. If you take those errors out, he had a really good game, but he did have a number of errors there that, that were pretty costly early. Uh, I thought Jackson Ford was sensational. Geez, he gets through a lot of work and goes hard at it. He was unlucky not to score two tries in that game. He was everywhere. Adam Pompeo also thought he was very good. He obviously goal-kicked for the vast majority of the game over SJ. SJ, I think it was a quad injury that NRL Physio posted about. Uh, so not bad enough to keep him out, but bad enough just for him not to kick, but he did kick towards the end of the game, so I wouldn't be too worried about that if you were an SJ owner or whatever. Uh, I thought the fullback came in and, and did a good job. Tane Torpiki, they obviously missed chancing a clock start. There is no doubt about that whatsoever, but I thought uh, Torpiki did a pretty good job in that game, and our boy Lukey Metcalf crossed as well. Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm... The Warriors, they weren't impressive last week against 12 men and the Titans. They weren't overly impressive in this game either. Um, they're still winning games. They're winning ugly. I get it. Uh, but, it, yeah, I was sort of expecting a little bit more out of the Warriors and performance-wise in the back end of this season. Um, now, there is still three games to go, and they've got three good games there where I think they can play themselves in some really good form. Uh, but they probably aren't as dominant as what I expected from the Warriors coming into this finals run, if I'm honest. Obviously, playing against 12 last week, playing against the Tigers this week. Um yeah, I probably expected a little bit more from the Warriors, and that's probably because, um, you know, I've got high standards for them now. They're not the team that they win, and you go, well, well done, Warriors. Uh, they're a top-four team, so I expect them to play top-four footy. I think that the Panthers and the Broncos would have beaten the Titans by more last week with 12. I think the Panthers and the Broncos would have beaten the Tigers by more this week if they were given a home game there too, so... Um, yeah, that's the, that's the standard you hold good teams to. The Warriors are a good team. They're going to play finals footy. They're going to be a top four team, in my opinion. And they're going to have to go to either Penrith or Brisbane week one. I'm tipping 
They probably have to go to Brisbane uh, week one, which is going to be a huge, huge challenge. Uh, So hopefully the the New Zealand Warriors over the next three weeks, they can really prep themselves for that. For the Tigers, geez, I thought Dane Laurie was good. He absolutely exploded. I think he had two tries. He scored a try himself. He was fantastic. Johnny Bateman got through a heap of work. Stafford Toa, two tries. He was very impressive. Appy came up with a couple of loose passes around the ruck, but outside of that was very, very strong. Um, There's definitely signs here for for, for the West Tigers. There are good signs of good things happening. Jareem Buller, another good game as well. Uh, they just need to put it all together and I ju- they just need to see out this season, start fresh again next year. Don't know who their halves are going to be, which is going to be the big issue, but we'll talk about that in the preseason and whatnot. That's probably not a uh, round 24 rapid review chat to have. Uh, the Roosters and the Finn. Now, obviously, uh, the Matildas was on during this game, so I think most of the nation missed the first half of the Chooks. Um, that's, I think that's the realistic truth of it. I went back and watched the game, and uh, to be honest with you, I, I never really felt like the Roosters were going to lose this one. I felt like they were in control of this game for uh, the vast majority of it. Obviously, the Dolphins, they're a tough and gritty side. They hang in every single contest that they're in. But I did sort of feel like the Roosters had the upper hand. I know they didn't score until like the the 38th minute or something. But I just, and maybe it's because I went back and watched the the first half knowing the result. But I just felt like the Roosters were in control of that game. Ray Stone, he obviously scored in about the 25th minute. So the Dolphins led for a lot of the first part of the game. But I just, I don't know. I I just felt like the Roosters were in control and the Roosters knew they were going to win that game. Obviously, Joey Martin scored the first try just on halftime, which is, as we've spoken about many times on this podcast, on this potty, a big, big dagger to teams when you can see just on half time. Uh, Teddy and Manu combining on that one to put him over. Um, but the second half was all about Drew Hutchinson. Fuck, he was good. Two tries, got through 30 odd tackles. Just, I love everything about Hutcho. And I, we spoke about him on the Halfbacks podcast earlier this morning. It's bizarre that he hasn't really been given an opportunity at halfback throughout the year. Very, very odd. I thought Luke Kerry had a good game as well. Did, did a couple of really nice things. I've been a little bit critical of Luke Kerry throughout the season. He stood up in this game and had a good game. I thought Nat Butcher was fantastic as well. Jeez, he's, I wouldn't say he's been a fine because he's been there the last few years, but he's done some very good things uh, over, the, over the last few months. Billy Smith, one of my boys. Absolutely love Billy Smith, and I, I think people can finally start to see what I've been talking about for a number of years and what a lot of people that I believe know what they're talking about can see in Billy Smith. There is something there. He's just got to put back-to-back games together and spend time on the field, and he can be a real gun, Billy Smith. Um, Suwaliti on the wing good game along with Joey Manu the, the the two guys on the right they terrorised all night out there uh, James Tedesco came up with a try assist obviously to Joey Manu um yeah, it just he has just slowed down a little bit, hasn't he, Teddy? Um, you know, I think it's been pretty evident since Origin. It'll be interesting to see how he comes back next year after a refreshed preseason and whatnot. Lindsey Collins got through his work, as he always does. Christ, he's a tough little bastard. He just goes at it. Our boy Josh Wong also held his own. Uh, for the Finn, Jared Wallace. What about him jumping out into outside center? Flick passes to Jermaine Osaka late. If you're a Jermaine Osaka owner in Supercoach, God, he got you out of jail there. Fuck me. Jared Wallace flick pass to get a 67. Without that, you're probably looking at, uh, at like a 40-point score. Uh, Jermaine Ozarko, still a 40-point score means that he got through a heap of base, which is what Jermaine does. Marky Nichols was good. What about the chip over the top towards the back end? Very, very exciting to see. We love to see our front rowers doing shit like that. One of the good guys in our game. Um 
One of the very best guys in our game there, just quietly. Mark Nichols, absolute champion. Cody Nicarima, terrorized from fullback, as always. Isaiah Katoa obviously had a pretty tough night defensively. Uh, we raved about this guy in the preseason, but did say all preseason. We're worried about how he will go defensively. I'm not sure if he's ready for the defensive rigors of first grade. Um, and, yeah, he, he's taking his time. He's getting there. Uh, but it is going to take a lot more time. He is obviously a very young guy, so he needs to put on muscle uh, and gain a bit of size, which he will do over the next year or two. But just be patient with him because he is an incredibly talented kid uh, with a big, big future ahead of him. Uh, he's just got to put it all together. So just be patient with him. Uh it, it's going to take time, but it, but it will come together. Uh, shout out to Dylan Napa. Back on the field for the Sydney Roosters. Great to see it in typical Napa fashion. Gave away a penalty on his first touch. We fucking love to see that. Uh, just a very good story. You know, I, I, I heard the other day when he left the Roosters as a premiership winner, he was probably on five or 600K. He's returned on a train and trial, which is a few thousand bucks a year. So shout out to him. Uh, real sign of determination, real sign of just where he wanted to be. And I really do hope the Roosters find a spot for him next season. They've obviously got a couple of guys leaving as... Middle forwards, uh, Fletcher Baker obviously going up to the Bronx and whatnot. So I'm really, really hopeful uh, that they can find a spot for Dylan Napa in this squad next year. Uh, for the Dolphins, yeah, as I said, I, I already went through their, their, their side. 30 points to 14. I, I just think the Dolphins' season has been a success at this point, no matter what really happens. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to... Be too harsh on the Dolphins. They've done incredibly well this year. Coming down to Sydney and whatnot against a rooster side that I think you could argue is a little bit resurgent at the moment. Uh, full credit to them. All right, let's move to the Sunday afternoon games. We had two wallopings here. The Melbourne Storm, 48 points to two. Uh, big games in the Melbourne Storm. Nick Meaney killed it. Harry Grant was electric. He was everywhere through the middle. Obviously, always the guys like Cam Munster and Jerome Hughes that were great, and they get a lot of the credit, as they should. But I thought a guy like Trent Lira had a really good game yesterday. He uh, it was probably one of his better games that I have seen him play. He had a huge preseason down there at the Melbourne Storm. They were all raving about him. It's good to see him start to talk, starting to turn some of that, that chatter into really solid performances, especially heading into finals footy. I thought Eli Katoa, uh, he was very good as well. Obviously, two back rollers that scored tries there. Great to see. Yeah, Hughesy and Munster, as I said, they were everywhere throughout this game. Munster scored just a classic Munster try late. Just too much space in front of him, and he's just impossible to handle that close. Uh, obviously, uh, you had the two centers, Marion Seba and Young Tonomapaya, both scored tries. Good to see. Two guys that have just not really ever been able to crack it consistently in first grade, but whenever they come in, God, they're impressive. And I'm sure that whenever the Melbourne Storm sit down to negotiate their contracts every time, I think they are absolutely stoked to keep these guys in the books because they know that if they have two, three, four injuries, they've got guys that can come in not only replace them, but do a bloody good job and almost bring something new to the team as well. You saw Remus Smith. He jumped in on the wing yesterday instead of being at centre because these guys are very, very talented. Their, their depth in the outside backs is second to none, the Melbourne Storm. It's one thing that they've, they've you know, I, I question a lot of their depth in their forwards, but their depth in their backs is very, very impressive. Christian Walsh obviously scored a white, the white rhino. Great to see. Um, for the Canberra Raiders, Corey Horsburgh, I thought he was probably the best on ground. He got through an absolute stack of work. Elliot Whitehead, the experienced head, same situation. But um, look, I'll be honest with you. I really thought the Raiders were going to put up a fight here. I was not expecting a scoreline like this. Maybe I'm overvaluing the Raiders. Maybe I'm undervaluing the Melbourne Storm. I'm not quite sure where I sit there. I, I'm still not convinced this Melbourne Storm team can compete with Brisbane and with um, the Penrith Panthers. But... 
you know, they have got those big game players and whatnot. I'm just not sure if they've got the pack. I think that if they can keep everyone absolutely fit, maybe they can, but I'm just I'm just not completely convinced yet. We'll see how it plays out over the next few weeks with the Melbourne Storm. But the Raiders, uh, they definitely find themselves in a little bit of trouble. I'm, uh, yeah, Ricky Stewart was furious uh, after that game. Saw him after the game, and I uh, saw him in the post-match press conference. And, yeah, he was not a happy camper, Ricky Stewart. So, interesting to see how the Raiders bounce back next week. I'm just going to have a look at who they play. I think they've got a winnable game next week. Yeah, they've got the Canterbury Bulldogs next week back down there in Canberra. So, Long turnaround, well, not long turnaround, seven-day turnaround, Sunday to Sunday, back in Canberra. Jesus Christ, I'll tell you what, Ricky Shaw would want to get these boys up or they could find themselves out of the top eight before they know it. So, interesting to see how they bounce back. Speaking of the Bulldogs playing the Raiders next week, Doggies game yesterday, they got played off the park by the Newcastle Knights, 42 points to six. Jeez, um, oh, I'll tell you, the first guy I want to talk about is Dane Gagai. He obviously scored the first try, but just... Mate, what he is doing week in, week out. We got him in Supercoach the other day, so we've been watching him very closely. These are his stats for this game. One try, 18 runs, 192 metres at centre. He played 10 minutes of fullback at the end of the game, but mostly at centre. 33 post contact. He had two line breaks. He had 11 tackle breaks. And then I found out this morning that Dane Gagai had the flu yesterday, and that flu has been knocking people for six. And Dane Gagai still played that sort of a game. He got the tap on to Dominic Young that I don't think he got a try assist for, but Jesus Christ, he should have. It was sensational. So Dane Gagai, very, very impressive. He had a blinder. KP didn't have to do too much, to be honest. A lot of his try, a lot of their tries didn't come off the back of KP. He put in a kick for Hetherington at one point that they scored off. A nice little moment for Hetherington against his former club, uh, especially after a, a really average few weeks for the poor bugger. Uh, but Caleb Ponga didn't have to do too much, which I actually think is a real positive for the Newcastle Knights. It's not all relying on KP and just doing amazing KP things, you know. Um, but obviously the big news out of this one, Jackson Hastings injured in the 24th minute. Haven't heard yet how long he's going to be out for. We spoke about him on a podcast earlier this morning, so if you want to go and have a listen to that, please do. Uh, but that one's going to really, really hurt them. Adam Elliott, 67 minutes. I thought he was sensational as well. Again, had a nice little trisis to, I think it was Dan Saifidi, no, Jacob Saifidi, uh, which was really, oh no, sorry, he, he threw a pass to Jacob Saifidi who found, I think it was Tyson Gamble in the end or someone. Uh, Tyson Gamble, speaking of, a very, very good game. Two tries there. He was very impressive, Tyson. I just love the attitude he brings. And Tawala took it all the way to the house at one point as well. So good all-round performance by the Newcastle Knights, but I just hope the injury to Jackson Hastings doesn't have a, have a real ripple effect on this side. For the Canterbury Bulldogs, uh, look, I actually thought they started reasonably well, but uh, obviously this game went to shit very quickly for them once Harrison Edwards was simbin, but then also Jacob Preston as well. So I think there was like a uh, two-minute period where they might have had 11 on the field, but they were just uh, down and out after that. And once the night started to get a bit of momentum, uh, very hard to track down, and I mean... KP didn't even really get to insert himself into this game because they were just doing it pretty easy. Um, they didn't even really have to go out the back or whatnot. So pretty disappointing game for the Canterbury Bulldogs. I thought it was pretty evident. Obviously, Luke Thompson coming back in. Um, I thought it was pretty obvious that he was probably a run short. Um, yeah, he, he was really struggling to keep up with the pace, which is fair. He's been out of the game for a very long time. Uh, but yeah, uh, outside of Viliama Kikau, would come out and put on some very, very good shots throughout this game. Uh, pretty disappointing game already. 
round by uh, the Canterbury Bulldogs. Kira's got through a lot of work, as he always does. Um, actually, probably a little bit less than what I expected, to be fair. Felt like he got through more in the game. Uh, but, yeah, look, Canterbury, it's just one of those seasons. I think the light at the end of the tunnel, you can almost feel it. You can almost touch it. Uh, this season, I just think it's going nowhere fast, unfortunately, for Canterbury. Reed Marnie, obviously scored a try. Never stopped trying all evening. Uh, and, you know, what? I've seen a lot of people online, you know, blowing up about Reed Marnie, how, how he was uh, complaining to referees and whatnot. And I get it, but... And, and, I, and I do wish the players would do less of that, but I do get it from Reed Marnie's point of view that he's just trying to plea just to keep him, his team uh, in, in the contest. But I'm sure that Reed Marnie will probably look back on uh, how he handled him and, and, and probably wouldn't be stoked. But, um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to go too heavy in on Reed there. Um, he's just always fucking trying his heart out, isn't he, the poor bastard? Obviously made the decision to leave Parramatta, go to Canterbury, and I really hope it pays dividends over the next few years. Canterbury... You know, the, the, the old cliche, and I know a lot of people give uh, me and Kemby shit for, you know, be patient Canterbury fans, but I don't know. I, ju- I just feel like you are turning the gears in the right direction. You are signing the right players. Uh, you're making moves like Toby Sexton, etc. You've now got Lukey Thompson back, Billy Army Kikau back, these sort of guys. Critter's going to arrive soon. I just... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. just feel like there, there there is positives that are happening at the Canterbury Bulldogs. I just hope that we start to see it uh, on the field sooner rather than later. So, yeah, tough one there for the Canterbury Bulldogs. A pretty brutal afternoon. They go down to the nation's capital next Sunday to play the Canberra Raiders, who have been in terrible form. But I'm expecting a big bounce back from the Raiders, especially their forward pack. I think they're really going to be up for that one. So... I know the Raiders are well known for one to twelve victories and whatnot, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they come down if they go down to the nation's capital next week and play some of their best footy against the Bulldogs. Unfortunately, the Ricky Stewart Cup there, Raiders v Bulldogs next week, guys. That will do our rapid review for round twenty four. Thank you for joining us once again. We had a Super Coach uh, update podcast that dropped earlier this morning, along with a deep dive into three halfbacks from the weekend that caught our eye for very very different reasons. Heading into Bloke in a Bar now to record the deep review so plenty more content coming your way hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? 
We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.